Welcome to Reliability Matters, a podcast for the electronic assembly industry. Each episode covers topics related to reliability, best practices, and environmentally responsible assembly techniques with insights from experts across the electronic assembly industry. Now, here's your host, Mike Conrad. Well, hello. Welcome back to another episode of the Reliability Matters podcast. Thanks for being here today. Um, today, uh, we're going to kind of reprise a, a former topic, uh, and that is thermal process management. Um, we've talked about that before. We're going to talk about it again, but from a slightly different angle. Um, my guest today is uh, Miles Moreau. He's uh, Kick Thermal's general manager, and he's been with Kick for nearly three decades. He draws his deep and rich experience from managing multiple business uh, units across four continents. Um, I guess he's not in Antarctica yet. Um, spanning uh, operations, field service, and sales and marketing channels. His, his uh, experience is in thermal process management, and that's exactly what we're going to be talking about today. But as I mentioned, we're going to kind of take a different angle on it. We've discussed uh, in the past a few times about you know, a traditional view of, of uh, profiling, and that is attaching a whole bunch of wires to a, to a board and sending the wires and sometimes a, a recording device through an oven or through a wave soldering machine to capture all the uh, thermal data points. Um, today, we're going to be uh, talking more less about um, profiling a board, and we're going to talk about profiling a process. Uh, and if that's done correctly, the takeaway from that would be one might need to... Uh, profile a board less often. And uh, since we all know profiling a board is not a fun experience, it's a necessary, but not a fun experience. You have to attach a lot of wires. You have to, you have to kind of know what you're doing. Uh, there's a lot of little uh, tricks and tips uh, to do that correctly. If we can reduce the amount of times we have to do that through a, a really insightful uh, process management, uh, thermal process management, as opposed to board management, then life gets a little easier. And to make life a little easier, let's bring my guest, Miles Moreau. And thanks, Miles, for being my guest today. Oh, thank you for inviting me. Uh, I'm excited about this discussion. Yeah, me too. I was like uh, talking about reflow. And as I said, probably ad nauseum um, many times on the show, um, it's often cited, whether accurate or inaccurate, it's often cited that every, every uh, reliability problem in the field starts at the reflow process. So I'm not sure if that's true. I think there's plenty of processes to blame, but uh, we'll go with that for the, for the sake of this theme. Um, when I think of a thermal profiler, as I said earlier, I'm, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is attaching a bunch of wires to a board. And then, you know, the big argument is, you know, what's the best method to attach a wire? And we've talked a lot on the show about, you know, don't use kept on tape and don't do this, but do that. And, and, you know, best places to locate the wires and, and, and all of that. Um, I generally don't think a lot about profiling a process. I, I view profiling as monitoring a process, but but uh, I guess everything in life is cause and effect. And uh, so ex explain to me, I know that your company has done quite a bit of work um, uh, about uh, profiling a process, actually profiling an oven or a wave soldering machine uh, to predict the results that one will get on a board. So uh, tell me more about that process and explain the difference between uh, profiling a board and profiling a process. Um, sure. Yeah. And it, it, it does all start with uh, profiling the board because you have to get some type of measurement uh, when you're setting up for a new assembly, per se. And 
um, so you capture data, but the idea, if you look at uh, the reflow process compared to other processes on the line, is um, it's it's kind of a, a situation where you're not at the same level of technology and capability um, with the other processes if you're only attaching wires, like you say, and capturing a single profile for an assembly. So what, what the idea being, and this is something that, that Kick innovated um, nearly f over 40 years ago, actually. So that was kind of our expertise. Profiling became a necessity of attaching thermocouples to the board for our invention and concept of um, profiling the process or giving real-time data. So it's embedding thermocouples uh, into the oven. So you're, you're, you're taking measurements at the board level of what's happening to the board. Um, so when you do run that, that profile, that single profile, um, you're capturing the characteristics of the process as that board runs through. So we have uh, thermocouples embedded into the oven down at board level from before the first heated zone through the cooling. And then you capture uh, speed, uh, conveyor speed data by knowing what's happening on the conveyor motor continuously and the product position. Where is the board in, in relation to the zones in the oven and these embedded sensors? And then what that creates is you're characterizing that process while you run your traditional thermocouples attached to the board profile. And just like you said, it is, it, it is a pain. Uh, if you don't have your everybody in your staff, uh, engineers, technicians, operators trained at the same level and repeating everything the same way, your profiling results will end up different. So what this does is once you capture that good data from traditional profiling, you now turn it over to this system uh, of, and technology of embedded sensors. And then it tells you during production in real time as each board exits, what happened to that specific assembly during production. Um, so now you're capturing a, the reflow profile, which is, is the process information um, rather than just a one time, it's every time a board exits the oven. So you're not just re relying on set points. Um, is the oven in control for zone one, two, three, four, and so on? That's machine data. This is actually capturing process data during production. So if, if I'm understanding you correctly, and I'm, I'm probably going to oversimplify it, but uh, one of the first things that perhaps happens is a, a barcode gets scanned. So your system knows which board is entering an oven. I'm, I'm guessing. Is, is that part uh, of Correct. The, okay. This is like a little mini industry 4.0 all in one machine, right? So, um, and then there's multiple zones in an oven. Each one is monitored um, by a profiling system so that you know what the heater temperatures are at any given point in the oven. Uh, or, or, or is there a sensor looking, uh, maybe a contactless sensor looking at 
the board as the board travels through. It's it's detecting the temperature of a board. Are you looking at the oven specs or the the result on the board in that case? Uh, it's you're actually looking at the the uh, the atmosphere temperature, the okay. zone temperature okay. at board level. So. The, the difference being compared to a control thermocouple, which is up by the heater, um, the correlation be between these uh, sensors down at board level to that initial kind of programming profile that you run at the beginning is very closely related. Right. So you have a X degrees at the heater, you know, through prior profiling of the board, that results in X temperature at that location of a board based on conveyor speed and and uh, heater temperatures and things like that so you're also tapping into the uh, to the motors that run the conveyor so you know how fast the conveyor is going or or do you measure the, the speed of a board going by a sensor uh no it's actually uh sensing how fast the conveyor is going okay so, so you're interfacing with a lot of parameters of the, of the machine does that mean that um that the manufacturer of the machine installs your hardware or is that a retrofit performed by your company or the customer or something like that? Well, these systems in general, and there's different varieties of, of kind of uh, what you would say automatic profiling systems. Um, it, it, it is something uh, that, like I said, 40 years ago is when we started this. It, it's kind of, we've, we were a little bit before our time uh, kind of created this category, and now with Industry 4.0 and Smart Factory, it becomes a lot more relevant. Um, the way I look, the way you look at it, uh, this is kind of one way I explain it, is for printing or for post placement AOI. You have uh, printing, you have SPI. Um, so the best method to look at did that paste print go down correctly is 3D cameras, they're, they're looking and, and lighting that, that paste print and saying, is that in the right position? Does it have the right volume? All this information is done through cameras. And then you have a kind of a golden data that says, here's what it should look like, and here's what this next board coming out of the printer looks like. Well, uh, in, in that sense, you're adding material, and then you're inspecting it by uh, taking a lot of pictures of it. Um, in the reflow process, you're not adding material, you're adding heat. So what's the best way to capture that? Um, you could say, well, the, the optimum would be to install a bunch of thermal cameras throughout uh, the oven. So you have a full thermal image of the board as it goes through. Uh, because of the technology and the cost, it's just not an effective way uh, of doing that uh, uh, because the cameras can't handle the temperatures inside the chamber obviously, and, and they're expensive. So what, what, what we thought the most logical thing would be, well, you're talking temperature, then an array of thermocouples, kind of a, 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 a mesh uh, down at board level. So you do have the control thermocouple in the oven, but down at board level, you have these array of thermocouples on each rail that kind of closely associate to the same air flow that is hitting the, the assembly as it goes through. 
Um, so that's the kind of best way I look at it is it's, it's like instead of these cameras, it's tiny. It's almost like tiny little cameras there, but it's actually thermocouples because we're applying heat. Uh, right. So we don't we're not. That's the way we're inspecting the assembly as it goes through during production. Right. Uh, if someone didn't engage in thermal process management, if they simply relied on profiling boards um, from time to time to check to make sure everything is, is still the way they think it is, what's the recommended frequency or what's a common frequency of, of profiling boards uh, absent of this other technology? Well, uh, that's a good question because uh, based on our, our customers and, and uh, the different manufacturing from small small to large different types of assemblies, uh, we get a large variety on what that that frequency is. Um, so some may be, uh, well, we have a simple product. Uh, the, uh, the oven doesn't change much, uh, so we just profile once a week, or only if we have problems, then we'll go back and check the profile. Um, to some of the customers that they're building for may say, we want to know a lot more information about how you're building our boards. So we would like you to run it uh, every shift that our boards are running or once in the middle of the shift as well. So then it, it, it all becomes a matter of how willing you are, you know, risk mitigation, I guess you could call it, is... Uh, do I trust uh, the oven? The ovens are very stable. Uh, they show that they're in control to these set points and the conveyor speed. Um, so what does that mean to what's happening to the assembly? And that's the key where this automatic profiling comes in is um, there are uh, many conditions in the oven or in the process itself where the oven says green light, everything's fine and it's controlling to the way, uh, to the settings it needs to, but you are getting changes on the profile. Um, and a spot check isn't going to always capture where, where those variations are, if you're trending towards going out of spec, um, if you end up going out of spec, um, you're not going to know until that next frequency when you run a profile. Right, I guess... You talk about risk mitigation. I guess it's yeah. One has to ask themselves, what's the maximum number of boards they want to scrap or rework? You know, if if uh, Murphy struck hard, um, you know, the first the oven may have gone out of spec. The board after, you know, the board that was profiled, right, and then everything right. between then and the next board uh, could be suspect. Now, the reason I asked about a frequency is if someone did uh, institute a a uh, uh, thermal process management strategy where they start profiling the oven or the wave solder machine. We'll talk about wave solder machines in a minute, but if they start profiling the oven uh, and monitoring that, um, would that, is it a reasonable uh, expectation that that would decrease the number of times uh, one would want to profile a board? And would that, um, you make the risk mitigation a little bit more, uh, you can rest easier, you know, when knowing that you're, you're keeping an eye on the oven. 
I mean, obviously, you can't profile every board that goes through. That would be impractical. It's like I'm in the cleaning business. We don't suggest we cleanliness test 100% of the boards, although some of our customers do. But, right. uh, and, you know, it's all about risk efficiency, optimization, uh, cost, uh, risk mitigation. It's all thrown into the soup. So it, if someone does have uh, the ability to profile the actual process, um, will that really result? Can one expect confidently to reduce the uh, amount, uh, the frequency that one has to profile, or at best, can it even eliminate um, profiling again, unless you know, there's a change made to the oven? Uh, well, the, the uh, quick answer to your question is yes. It, it definitely, that as part of the value of, of the automation aspect of this is um, you are reducing the need to run the traditional profile through. Uh, you, you're capturing, so when you, when you run that traditional profile, you're characterizing the entire process with, uh, you know, a, a large amount of embedded sensors in there, um, you know, which has been fine-tuned over the year, years of here's, here's the amount of sensors you need. You know, we, we could put in, you know, 60, 100 and put them all over the place, but at, at a certain point you're going beyond the need of monitoring the process. So once you've captured that characterization, then it just like you said, in, in, unless there's something that's changed, maybe they did maintenance, then they had to replace uh, the fans or they took the rails out and had to do some major, major thing. Then you might want to reestablish that, that base or that golden profile, make sure everything's back to the way it was. But otherwise the system is kind of, it's telling you, Hey, here's the next time you're going to have to run because I can see the drift uh, or the changes in the process in real time. Uh, besides that, then it's really if you're if that's the only thing you're doing is is running a traditional profile, then it's a little bit uh, random as to is once a week or once a day the correct amount. You don't know. You're just setting a, a frequency. Um, obviously the more frequent, the better, but why do you stop at, why do you go from once a week to once a day? Well, I get it more information. Yeah. But why did you stop at once a day? Why didn't you go to once a shift? Cause then it's not as efficient and now you're stopping production all the time. So the, the ideal really at a, a very cost effective way is to automate that and, and capture that, um, all the time. Then you do reduce the amount of profiles that you're running. Okay, so I have a board, board A, that's expected to be at X temperature at this point in the process. And as the board is going through the oven, something happens to a heater or something happens to a fan. And, you know, partially through the reflow process, a system detects we're not there. Um, we're over temp, we're under temp, we're too slow, we're too fast, whatever the case may be. Um, what happens? Does it, does it, just say, hey, the, the board that just came out is, 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 you know, didn't see the profile it expected to see. Does it stop the, does it stop the machine? Does it communicate outside of its, uh, it, it, its uh, uh, footprint to, to some other mechanism to stop a process? What's the, what's the mechanism that happens when something is not as expected? 
Uh, well, just like any other kind of real-time inspection system, you can integrate it into your kind of, uh, even now it's more called the smart factory. Um, if you integrate the system into the in-feed uh, coming into the oven um, to a, a factory system, then you're able to detect, okay, I see that things are changing. I can throw up a, a warning either through the software, through visual, um, through actually stopping boards. Um, and then what you're, you're doing is, you know, that board has already seen those changes. So at the end, when it exits, we can say, here's, here's what those changes, how they impacted that board. Here's the profile it saw, the peak temperatures. Maybe because of whatever happened, the peak temperature dropped below what it should. So now that board is suspect to maybe having cold solder or uh, some other defect. Um, so you can flag that. And you also stop more boards from coming in until you can kind of look and then analyze what's happen happened during that time period. Because you have all those embedded sensors, not only do you have information about the board profile, but I have all these additional sensor sets down at board level that are saying, oh, here's what changed. You, you need to take a look at this zone. There was a, you know, a big drop in this area. Um, so it becomes a very good, like, as you say, a, a thermal process management tool of, of mitigation of an issue, uh, problems going on, reducing defects potentially by not allowing boards to continue going into that process that is no longer in control. Yeah, you talk about um, you know one of the side effects of or one of the results of of not hitting your profile is potentially cold solder joints. I'll add one more. Uh, we did a study with uh, Foresight Analytical Laboratories in Kokomo, Indiana, where uh, we ran boards at the proper peak reflow temperature of 250 degrees C. Uh, then we ran them at 240 degrees C peak temperature. 4%, 10 degrees, 4% off. No problem with solderability. Solder was fine. Uh, but we, right. had, we had increases in contamination. This was a no-clean flux, not being cleaned. We had increases in contamination by over 600% in several measurable areas and, and, and two or 300% in other areas, all because the peak reflow temperature was off by 4%. Uh, uh, so... There's a lot going on, uh, not just solderability. You know, you don't have to just do the old edge test, you know, slam your board against it, you know, on its side against a hard surface. And if components don't fall off, your profile is <laughs> <You're> good, good. <laughs> right? There's a lot of other things that are going on that a lot of people don't realize, like increases in contamination, because the way no clean works is it relies on a certain profile, thermal profile, to burn off the activators and encapsulate the bad actors. And if that profile is off by just a little bit, um, you know, everything looks good, but you have a yeah, you have well, an ECM issue coming up. And that that's a, a perfect example of uh, if if you only go by traditional means of attaching wires, um, you have that sample and said everything's good, and you look at what are the things that can impact the quality or reliability of your product. Um, outside of what the machine, how the machine is performing, right? And, and the machine may be performing fine within your profile sample, but now during production, you don't know. You see this uh, in the cleaning, uh, but you don't see it by taking a single sample. 
but you would if you're every board you see that that drift is occurring uh, and that's where, where this the, all this which i think is really exciting all this smart factory uh integration and uh artificial intelligence of um relating all these different aspects of all the processes that can produce a defect because essentially you could end up you're talking about four percent uh and within the tolerances maybe of that process and that machine if you stack those up from printing all the way through you could look individually and say every machine said yep everything's fine but a combination of just a small variation one way or another and you end up with a defect um and that's where if, if you're missing a set of data along that manufacturing chain then you can't perform that that analysis that artificial intelligence of okay how did this defect occur if all my equipment says everything's fine well if you're not capturing all the data you, your analysis is going to be flawed so that's why uh, and then the reflow process has kind of been the the last frontier uh of how do you do real-time inspection of what's going on there yeah what are the what are the biggest challenges today there's always challenges in our industry every industry can say that i'm sure but but there you know miniaturization and iot harsh environment you know there's a lot of a lot of things going on in our business uh, that allow us to kind of build i think today at the closer to the edge of the envelope than than the center uh, and then technology catches up and then we come up with some new uh, form factors that we we don't know how to use and then we fall off the cliff again and then we come back on and that's just kind of a, a wash rinse repeat uh, historical uh, matter but what are the what are the challenges that we see today that that affect thermal management or affect reflow in general uh, that maybe we didn't see before? Well, I think uh, a lot of the big challenges uh, that we see um, become the, uh, the packaging or the design of the assemblies. Um, a lot of times they're not looking in turn. There's so many factors you have to take in just on the product itself. All, all the rules that you have for uh, components and electronic design um, with wireless stuff, um, power, all of that going through. Um, so then design for manufacturing comes in and then you start to say, okay, now we have another set of rules for uh, how this has to go through all these processes. Um, and a lot of times the reflow process isn't taken into account. Uh, you have these very complex assemblies, especially say, Let's take, for example, automotive, where you have this uh, engine controller that has to have all these different style uh, components and circuits on it to perform the way it needs to. But uh, it has to have these big, huge connectors on them as well and plug in inside a, a package that goes inside the engine chamber. So now you have these other requirements that make that assembly very complex you have these huge massive components you have these small passives and now you're trying to mitigate that on okay how do i run the board through the reflow oven which direction do i put it based on where the components are uh, can i do four up or six up in a panel uh, uh, to get more efficiency on volume or because of that uh, assembly uh, design, I, I, am not, I just can't do that because the connectors 
uh, I can't get them hot enough, or if I get them hot enough, then the passives are going to be uh, too hot, or a micro BGA is going to be too hot. So the, those complexities, um, and then you add in stuff like uh, voiding. There's a lot of uh, requirements by the end customers now to reduce the amount of voids. So that's uh, the reflow process is a, a big part of that. Sometimes voids will grow during the uh, reflow process. So how do you adapt either the paste materials or the profile to reduce that effect? Um, and now they you know, even have uh, reflow ovens with vacuum chambers to uh, reduce the voids as well. Right. So all, all around that, that's sort of aspects of the requirements of these end products uh, and the complexities of them really uh, make it challenging to um, dial in the best uh, setup for the process on reflow and then manage it during production. Um, because it's nice if you can really optimize and the oven's all heated up and empty and everything. I run my, my NPI process development, get to the perfect uh, recipe, and now I have to run a board going into the oven every 15 seconds. Um, and so the oven characteristics are now different. Uh, the factory, um, you know, the, the system of exhaust, uh, when everything's, you know, running high volume, may change, uh, impact things on the process. Um, so all those things really make it a, a challenging, um, a, a challenging manufacturing process, uh, that is somewhat, you know, ignored because like, well, I can run a profile through and I know what's going on, but, uh, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of things that happen uh, outside of just the zone temperatures and the conveyor speed. Yeah. Let's talk about, uh, let's switch gears a little bit. Whenever I hear thermal management, uh, I, I think of, you know, oven management, I think of profiling in a reflow oven and, uh, it may come as a shock, but we're still using, wave solder machines. They haven't gone away. You know, there's still a lot of wave solder machines out there uh, for through hole components and connectors and, and even to some degree for surface mount. So let's talk about this, this uh, thermal process management as applied to a wave solder machines, uh, a wave soldering machine in a wave soldering machine. There's, you know, three basic processes. You flux, you preheat, you, you, uh, you solder. Um, I don't think, Profiling has much to do with the fluxing stage, but certainly preheat and soldering are, are the two thermal processes that, that influence the outcome of a wave soldering process. What is different in the profiling of a, of a wave solder process versus an oven process? Is it easier? Is it, is it more complex? Is it the same but different? Uh, what, what are some of the, the challenges and some of the um, unique attributes of thermal process management in a wave solder machine? Uh, I, I, I think it's much more challenging uh, because uh, it's, there's still an, a certain art to setting up a wave solder machine. Uh, if, if you look at the different machines uh, available out there, uh, I think over the years, uh, the manufacturers have done a fantastic job of of moving that art to more of a science so uh, there's more precision uh, but when you talk about um, 
as opposed to little small pads of paste and components. Um, even though that those are very challenging when you uh, put those through a reflow oven, um, you look at the wave soldering process and it's a, a huge you know, uh, vat of uh, liquid solder that's uh, pumped up and creates a wave. So a very dynamic uh, way of applying the solder as opposed to uh, the precision of a, a, a paste print and then going through the, you know, adding the components and going through the oven. You have just a, a huge wave uh, pushing uh, the solder uh, as the board goes through. So that just that alone um, uh, and how that's managed it makes it challenging and then you add in uh, the flux chemistry and are you activating it properly through the preheat um, if you have if it's SMT and a mix of through hole then uh, controlling the topside temperature so you have a consistency uh, of activating the flux and then when it does go through the wave uh, you know proper soldering but not doing any damage to the the top side SMT components um, it, it really creates a, a much more uh, challenging atmosphere to to dial in the process and control it sure yeah thank you for that we're starting to run out of time so I want to get through a few more questions uh, before we we hit the the end of our show here um, yeah your company talks about monitoring dwell time uh, I understand the concept of dwell time it also talks about monitoring parallelism. You lost me. I, I, I've i lost that game. I, I don't understand the concept of parallel parallelism when it comes to um, monitoring uh, through a soldering process. So uh, maybe I'm the last person on earth to understand what that means, but uh, go ahead and fill this ignorant mind with that knowledge if you wouldn't mind. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, when, when we took on uh, monitoring for, for wave soldering processes, because we had uh, the, our profiling capability allowed uh, allowed the the user to capture a profile, um, but uh, the monitoring system originally we just looked at the preheat because that was uh, you know simple. We could use the embedded thermocouples, know what's going on and how it's impacting, and then it it stopped at the at the wave. So this, this past year, we kind of uh, worked on, well, the past two years up to the release this year, was um, to meet the customer's demands of, we need to have something in real time that's also capturing information about the wave, other than just the temperature of the solder. Um, and that was uh, peak over the wave. Um, so we had to add some sensors so we know what's happening to the profile through the wave not just the preheat section, and then dwell and parallelism. So the dwell is, you know, how long it's dwell, the board is dwelling through the wave. Um, and knowing that you can know, you're trying to get a consistent temperature between the solder, the lead, and then the barrel that the lead's in. So you get a good uh, intermetallic connection and good solder joint. Um, so, knowing the dwell time, you can manage that. And in real time, we've added additional sensors and we're able to make a correlation between the sensor data and the dwell time to calculate an accurate dwell time during production. Now the parallelism 
it, it relates to dwell time and, and other factors as well, is the, the, the plane of the wave and how the assembly is going over it. So if you can imagine, if for some reason, either the setup, the mechanical setup on the wave or the way the pump is working, or there may be dross on one area of the pot, so the draw of the pump to push the wave up, then you create where the board uh, surface is not parallel with the wave. So you may actually have uh, part of the, the board going through the wave is not seeing the same depth and contact time uh, as the other side of the board. So what we do is measure the, the dwell on each side of the board to determine is that board going through parallel through the wave. Um, so then, it, and, and the way that's kind of detected is if, if you did a spot sample, then what you're going to do is, well, did I see that the, the, during my test, was there a difference and was it not parallel? Um, which is hard to do because a wave is so dynamic and moving, your spot sample may just end up being fine. And during production, you're actually seeing a difference. So um, the idea being if, if, if you can capture that in real time and you see a consistent change on one side, now you know there's, there's something you need to address during right. production. Um, before it would be, oh, I, I start to see defects on this one side of the board all the time, and now you have to go back and troubleshoot and say, oh, yeah, uh, you know, there's a problem with the wave. The board's not going through parallel. Um, that's why this happened. But that's after the fact. So uh, by capturing it on each board, then then you're able to mitigate that, stop boards from going in, and address the issue. Excellent. I feel just a little bit smarter today. So thank you for <laughs> filling that, filling me in on that. Our last question, because we are running out of time, is um, your company talks about SPC, of course, statistical process control. I think probably everyone knows that. Uh, and CPK. I don't think you're talking about California Pizza Kitchen. So tell me what uh, CPK is. I, I'd love it if it was California Pizza Kitchen. I think of Talk about an application for prof thermal profile management, you know, making a pizza. <laughs> but um, what, what is CPK in, 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 the, in the context you, you meant it to be in? Well, uh, so what using statistics to better ha have a better control of your process, um, the CPK is process capability. So it's looking at uh, you have a process, you have your spec limits and your control limits. So the spec limits are based on the materials, uh, the type of oven you have, the assembly. Um, I have to run within these limitations. The, on reflow, kind of the main driver, although there's a lot, are, are the materials. Uh, what does the paste uh, need to go through? Uh, what kind of profile to achieve a good joint? And what are the limitations of the components? Um, so those drive the spec limits. And then the control limits is where is my oven able to run and control that profile within those spec limits. Um, now, the deviation of that, the standard deviation, this is kind of getting a little nerdy into the statistical math, but um, how much that process varies um, and how close it is to the spec limit is kind of indication of the process capability. And that's what the, kind of the, 
the calculation of the CPK uh, in simple terms is here's how much my process is varying and here is where it's varying within the process window. So uh, in, in older methods, you would have to run, say, 30 profiles, which if you're running once a day is a month, and then you have enough data that that CPK value is actually telling you the trend of what's going to happen next. It's kind of a predictor of here's where my process capability is and here's where it's headed. Um, and the reason why we kind of build that into the monitoring system or the real-time system is now it's 30 boards, not 30 days that you right. have a, a predictor in place. So now you can set a warning on your CPK if it starts to drop, which means you're going to have more defects per million, uh, then you can actually change something before you get to the point where it went outside your spec limit. So it's kind of a, a predictive uh, mathematical tool to tell you, here's where my process is and trending and give you a, a, a warning ahead of time uh, of a, a problem yet to come. Yeah, that's the closest thing to a crystal ball that uh, that we can probably get. Uh, Miles Moreau, General Manager, Keck Thermal. Thank you so much for being my guest today. I, I really appreciate it. I wish we had more time. There's uh, more questions that I have, uh, but um, that's just an excuse for me to invite you back on the show again, and we can continue this conversation. Fair enough? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Thank you. It's, I, I think it's uh, a nice opportunity, refreshing, like you say, we, we always talk about the kind of the tips and practice, best practices of, of profiling. Um, but if you take that to the next level, which is done across the rest of the factory um, and, and do that in real time, it brings a whole nother aspect to, you know, the uh, it makes the, the term profiling not so bad anymore. That's right. Yes, I, I agree. <laughs> All right, wonderful. For those of you who are uh, listening or watching uh, this show, uh, if you go to the uh, show notes, if you're on YouTube, just, just look down below the video, hit the uh, click, click more or show more uh, link, and it'll, it'll provide uh, contact information for Miles. And for those of you that are listening, just go to your podcast uh, site and uh, look at the show notes and we'll have Miles' contact information in case you have more questions. If he's whet your appetite for, for knowledge, uh, feel free to respond uh, to him or, or uh, email him and um, I'm sure he'll be more than happy to get the answer or, or find out where the answer is buried and dig it up for you. Right, Miles? Absolutely. Okay, sounds great. Well, thanks everyone for joining us. Uh, I appreciate you uh, being here. And Miles, uh, thank you so much for being my guest today. We'll talk soon. All right, thank you, Mike. Thanks for listening or watching the Reliability Matters podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app, such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and so many more. Also, be sure to check out my other podcasts, including the Concept to Creation podcast, where I feature conversations with entrepreneurs within the electronic assembly space, and the Innovations and Technology podcast, where we discuss innovative products within our industry. All three shows are also available in video format. Check out the Reliability Matters or Concept to Creation or Innovations in Technology podcasts on YouTube. Just search the show's name and you can find all three shows. Or go to MikeConrad.com, that's Conrad with a K. All three shows also appear there. 
Again, thanks for being part of my podcast family. I appreciate you being here. Until next time, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay happy. And of course, keep doing it right. See you again soon. Thanks for listening to the Reliability Matters podcast. Join us on the second and fourth Tuesday of each month for new episodes of Reliability Matters.